0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com slash SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Palpina Tripp, and we're gonna talk about how to make social organic video easily. You're gonna learn a whole bunch of cool techniques and apps and all sorts of amazing things that will make it really easy for you to do a lot more with organic video. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. We've got some amazing content coming your way. And to my fellow Christians, I want to wish you a blessed Christmas. And to everyone else, I want to wish you a happy new year. Thank you everyone for spending time with me on this show and our awesome guests. I really, really appreciate you. And I hope you have an amazing time at this holiday season. AI has been a massive disruptive force over the past year. That's why we're excited to announce our brand new show, Introducing AI Explored. It's a weekly show hosted by me, Michael Stelzner. If you want to understand how to put AI to work, this is the show for you. Each week, we'll dive deep into using AI to your advantage. We're talking the practical, tactical stuff that I know you're probably craving. Search for AI Explored on your favorite podcast app and happy listening. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Palpina Trip, Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Palpina Trip. If you don't know who Palpina is, she is a video expert who helps businesses grow their visibility with online video. She's also the author of the book, Video Smart, Make Smartphone Videos Like a Pro. And her course is, How to Make Smartphone Videos Like a Pro. Palpina, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so very much, Mike. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Today, Palpina and I will explore how to easily make organic videos you can share on social media. But before we go there, I would love to hear your story. Start wherever you want to start. How did you get into video?
1: How I got into video. Well, Mike, it all started with a yellow cassette recorder, (laughs) believe it or not. Yellow, okay. (laughs) A bright yellow cassette recorder, and it was pink and green as well. It was really ugly, thinking back. Like a Sony Walkman
0: (laughs) kind of thing or something a little bigger?
1: No, it was bigger. It had a big handle as well. I mean, we're talking... I was maybe five, six years old at the time, and I'm 35 Mm. now. So I think I was five or six years old when I received this as a gift. And it had sing-along on it, but I never really sang along to anything because all I did was create video, well, not videos, create radio shows or pretend I had a show, pretend I had listeners. And that's really what I have been doing, you know, ever since I was little, just been creating things, creating content.
0: Can I just say as an aside, yeah, I was a kid who had a, uh, because I'm older than you, but uh, I also had a cassette player when I was a kid and I was like in my basement doing, you know, radio DJ sound effects with my brother, uh, imitating the guy named Wolfman Jack, who was a big DJ back in the day for those gray hairs that are listening and (laughs) fake commercials and stuff. And I always just, for whatever reason, totally wanted to experiment with using my voice. And now I have a podcast and Look
1: at that. now you're on my
0: podcast. How cool is that?
1: <laughs> How so, cool is that? Well, I did the same thing. I've just, you know, pretended I, I was making up these shows, telling stories. And uh, when I was 11, I started working at a local radio station. Um, when I was 19, wow. I moved to Texas. United States, because I'm actually from the Netherlands. So I was born and raised in the Netherlands. But when I moved to Texas, I studied journalism. So that's really where my roots are, I guess, telling stories. And then I moved into video. And that was quite a story on its own. Actually, I was a social media reporter at CW in Dallas. I had an amazing time there, by the way, doing a lot of things in front of the camera, behind the camera, worked with a great crew there, did that for a couple of years and really learned how to tell a story and help people understand things, but in a very short amount of time, in a very visual way. And that's something I still do.
0: (laughs) Can you tell everybody for people that are not in America what CW is just so they understand?
1: Yes, it's a, a television network. Yes, of course. So it's a, a it's an American television network. And I was, at the time, I was a reporter for a local TV station, KDAF in Dallas. And at the time, I did a lot of segments for local segments as well. And my beat was technology. Mm. And so I had this interview with this lady who was in Dallas. Her stage name was Kali Lou, but her real name is Luria Petrucci. You I'm definitely... very
0: good friends with her.
1: Oh, <laughs> Yes. You know her. Well, anyway, so I met Luria. She's been on the show. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, great. Well, okay. So Luria and I go way back. So I met her when I was a a reporter. And I remember I was really busy. Uh, I had maybe 15 minutes for a quick interview with her. So I drove to her house somewhere in Dallas. And I was 10 minutes late, of course, because I was always late and busy. (laughs) And she opened her door. And there she was, this, you know, of course, she's beautiful and she had this lovely house and she was just so calm and welcoming and she showed me her home and she showed me her home studio, which was several cameras, a green screen, and she showed me what she was doing. And I looked around and all I thought was, whatever this is. I want this. <laughs> I want this. And so a couple of weeks later, I was helping her and we created a new video podcast together with her. So it's really interesting how that goes. Anyway, so she really introduced me into the online video world, which to me was very new at the time because I was in television, journalism. Um, so I made the move to online video. I think this was 2008. Wow. Yeah, so it's been a while. But this was really the time when when iTunes was really big. And Luria and her team, they taught me everything about uh, I didn't even know what affiliate marketing was. I really didn't know how to talk to an, or how to talk with an audience. I knew how to talk to an audience. I didn't know how to talk with an audience. So actually having interaction, making a connection with people. So, yes, that really taught me a lot. So I did that for a year. Then with a good friend of mine, I started a a production company in Dallas and moved back to the Netherlands, which is where I am now. And I've written three books on how to make videos. I now help companies create videos and help with video strategy. But it really all changed When I started creating videos on LinkedIn. Mm. So I had been creating videos for quite some time, did it on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But it wasn't until I posted my first video on LinkedIn, and I won't, I'll never forget this. I had created a video on a simple video app. Uh, The app is called Clips. It's an app by Apple, and it automatically captions your videos. It's pretty cool. So you talk to this app, and it records your video, and then automatically the words you say appear on in the screen. It's really cool. So at the time, this app was really new. So I um, posted a quick little video on it on LinkedIn because LinkedIn just launched native video, and I checked back in maybe two or three days, and I was just astonished because I had all these comments. I think there were maybe 30,000 views. I had hundreds of messages, direct messages in my inbox. And that really showed me the power of LinkedIn. So that really changed everything. And ever since I've been creating videos on LinkedIn, quite often.
0: (laughs) Amazing story.
1: So that's a long answer to your question.
0: (laughs) No, amazing story. And I somehow happened on you on LinkedIn when I was on LinkedIn. So Shows you the power of LinkedIn and uh, very cool that uh, we share a uh, friendship with Luria. Uh, Luria has been on this show multiple times and spoken on a lot of our stages. Really good friend of the company and me. So awesome setup for the story that we're going to get into here, which is, you know, a story that involves everyone listening, right? Which is what they could be doing with video. So what do you want to say to people listening right now that do not have a television background like you do, but maybe want to to use video for some purpose, for their business or their personal brand. What do you wanna to say to them?
1: Yes, well, I would like to say, just start. Start somewhere, It doesn't have to be perfect, but start creating videos. It actually has never been as important as now. Um, as we all know, we live in a very digital, virtual world. This year, everything changed, and I know for a lot of people listening, a lot of things have changed. And one of the best ways to still make a connection with people, even if you can't be in the same room, is by creating videos. So I've really seen it explode this past year. But the good news is that it doesn't have to be difficult. And that's why, you know, that's one of my missions is to really show people, anyone can do this. You can do this. All you really need is your phone.
0: So what's possible? Talk about that. Let's dig in a little bit more on the why side of this, because I want people in their minds to understand what is possible if they start using video. Like what has happened for you or some of the people you've worked with because they decided to start using video?
1: Yes, well, you know, as we all know, if you are working on visibility or perhaps you're working for a company and you're trying to sell products or sell services, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, We all know that the most important factor usually is trust. And I think that has never been as important as now. Um, And video is I think, magical in that it really helps you build trust. Video, if you use it in the right way, um, can show people who you are, really show your face or your company's face, Um, show a little bit of perhaps behind the scenes, a little bit of the atmosphere show the real human beings um, behind a brand, for example. And that is something that I help people with, but also something that I have personally experienced now that I'm building my brand on LinkedIn. It's really all about trust. It's people knowing you and trusting you and video's can be really great for that. So especially now that we can't be in the same room or it might be challenging to show things, video can be a great solution. And like I said, you know, you really don't need that much. I believe you can create videos with the things that you just have on you right now, maybe just um, your phone, a webcam, a laptop, anything that you have in your house, you can probably create pretty good videos with. You just really need to know a couple of basics. And that's not that difficult. And I know this is really easy for me to say, but trust me, I train thousands of people. I go to companies every single day and I help people who have to overcome a lot of fear sometimes to talk to a camera, but also some technical tips on audio, light, camera, settings, apps, things like that, tools. And I know that a lot of people, you know, what a lot of people are struggling with to create videos. And usually it's just knowing where to start and just having a plan and knowing the power of video, which really the power is that it's it can be personal, it's visual, um, and if you use it the right way, you can really make a connection with someone else.
0: Yeah, and I want to echo some of what you said, Pelpina, because I agree completely. We now operate in a COVID world where we're not able to meet like we used to, and that connection is still something that we can accomplish on video in a way that cannot be accomplished with the written word and just photography. And to my fellow marketers out there who you know, are very active on social media, the truth is that most are not using video. As a matter of fact, the majority of marketers are not using video. And that means there's an opportunity yes. because every social platform embraces video. Every single one of them does, but most people don't do it. And if you listen to what we talk about throughout the rest of today's interview, I think it'll open those of you up to seeing what is possible organically with video. I think where we should start, Palpina, is th- let's start with some stuff that stops people. Because if it's true that most people are not doing anything with video, then the question is why? <laughs> What's stopping everybody? What's your thoughts?
1: Yes, well, I love that you're saying this, Mike, because uh, this it's so true. I've been trying to convince people for quite some time, this started probably five, six years ago, when I was telling people, you need to do something with video, and people looked at me like I was crazy. But uh, I was actually at uh, VidCon in London last year, and Goldie Chan, a friend of mine, she did a great talk on LinkedIn video. And she had this slide where she showed how I think it was only 2% of people on LinkedIn actually creating content, and percentage of that was creating videos, And that really showed me that it's really, there's a great opportunity there. So yes, if you are facing a few hurdles, perhaps to start creating videos, you're not the only one. And I think what a lot of people face, uh, what I see in my training and my workshops, what a lot of people struggle with, first of all, is the fear of talking to a camera. So that's very real and something that I personally also struggled with a lot, believe it or not. Are they
0: scared of the camera or is it something else?
1: (laughs) Well, it's really a confrontation with yourself, Mike. That's really what it is. So we're not used to seeing ourselves talk like that. And so when I do a training, the first thing I tell people within the first five minutes is get up, grab your phone and talk to the camera and just look at yourself. And people will then usually mention all the things that they're insecure about. Things like, oh, I have this scar on my forehead or I don't know, my voice, my my voice sounds really strange or I have this bald spot on my head, whatever, you know, whatever it is that people are insecure about. And then they get it all out in the first five minutes. And that's usually the first hurdle. So if that's you, you know, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, yeah, well, this all sounds great, but I'm not going to appear in front of a camera. I understand. And I've been there and I've done that. And it's really something that you can overcome just by doing, by doing. So you have to just get your phone out and start talking to that camera, make a lot of offline videos, the videos you won't post online yet. And I think even if you're not afraid to talk to a camera, if you interview people, so say you're going to interview people for the company you work for, um, you might interview people who do experience this, who do all of a sudden not know what to say and, you know, freeze. So I think it is one of those things that you kind of have to, you know, be aware of and know and something you can actually work on. So that's one of the hurdles a lot of people face. And then the second thing is usually people don't know where to start. So, okay, so I get my phone out and I start recording. What do I talk about? And how about audio and light? And people always think that they need to invest first. So it's really funny when I start with a course, a lot of people will first ask me about equipment. So they'll ask me, so what should I buy? What should I get? What kind of microphone should I get? Before they even think of a plan. <laughs> and it's really easy to just get caught up in all the equipment that you might get, which of course is fun too. I mean, let's admit I uh, you know, it's fun to to test equipment. But it's not the first step. The first step is really to have a plan and to know who your audience is, what platform you want them to watch your video on and what you want them to do or think or feel. So what purpose, you know, what's the purpose of your video?
0: You know, it's fascinating. I have done a lot of video, a lot. And I have two degrees in speech, an undergraduate and a master's degree in speaking. I don't have fear of talking to a camera, but it is kind of awkward at first when someone's standing behind the camera and you're just looking at the lens. And then it's even more awkward when you're in selfie mode because you see your lips moving, which is really weird. But for me, it's what am I gonna say? And is anybody gonna listen, right? And that's really Mm. like, ah, no one's gonna listen to me. Which is absurd, of course, right? Yeah. Because people listen every week.
1: (laughs) Yes.
0: But that goes through my head.
1: No, especially for you. I don't think you have to worry about anything.
0: (laughs) Look, if it happens to me, it can happen to anybody, right? Like I struggle with the very same thing, Mm -hmm. which is why I don't show up a lot on video because I just don't know what I want to say. So I'm confessing this to everybody to say, hey, it happens to all of us, which is good news. And you just got to give it a shot. So what I would love to at least address with the rest of this interview is kind of tackling some of the process itself, because I think it's true. You could just start with a video diary and record yourself every day on your phone and never publish it and just get comfortable talking to your phone, I would imagine. You do that a couple times and and then one time you decide to publish it, right? I mean, that part's not super complicated, but let's zoom in on the process. Like if we're sold on the idea that organic video on social media, there's a lot of opportunities and we didn't even address the fact that the platforms love video. Uh, they all do. They want people on the platform longer and, and people are consuming video everywhere. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. It's all about video. So let's talk about what what can we do to make the process easier so at least we can tackle that stuff.
1: Okay. So if you get started, there's two things you need for every video. It's not complicated. Everything I tell you today, it's not rocket science, but there's two things you need. First of all, you need a video plan. Secondly, you need a shot list. So your video plan is your content. So I just talked about, you know, your viewer. And um, I always think of three P's, (laughs) people, platform, purpose. So who is my, who are my people? Who's my viewer, my ideal viewer? What platform can I reach my viewer best? And then the third P, purpose, what do I want my viewer to do or think or feel after they've seen the video? So once you know those three Ps, you can create a video plan. And my video plan usually is very simple. Usually it takes me maybe a couple of minutes. And what I think about in my video plan is, how do I start the video? So after you know who your audience is and you know what they're struggling with, what kind of questions they might have, what themes are in their lives right now, then you can probably think of a good teaser at the start of your video, right? So the first couple of seconds of your video are probably the most important seconds of your video because the viewer is then going to decide, am I going to wait? (laughs) a little bit? Am I going to give this video a shot? So I always think longest about the start of my video. Then you have to think of where am I going to put the branding, the logo, maybe a title of the video. I would suggest you wouldn't always start off with that, but maybe start off with the teaser. And if you really need to put branding in there, then do the branding after that. Then I always divide the video up in smaller parts. So say you're creating a video, maybe you're sharing knowledge, maybe you're creating a video on three tips for LinkedIn video. Okay, so say we're creating a knowledge video, and I'm going to give you three tips, you can divide it up in smaller parts, which is what I just did, right? So the three tips. And then you record each part separately, especially when you're first starting out. So don't worry about recording the entire thing at once. That's quite a lot, usually, even if it's just one or two minutes to a lot of people. That's, you know, too much. So just record each part separately. And then, of course, you need an ending. So don't forget about how you're going to close the video and a CTA, a call to action. And the call to action could really, I always call it a floater, so it really could go anywhere. You could start off with a call to action, which is of course what a lot of YouTubers do. So they start off with, hey, thanks for watching, don't forget to subscribe, you know, so that's their call to action and they do it at the very start of the video. Um, But you could also do it in between tips, for example. So maybe you start off with one tip and then you say something like, so that was the first tip. Um, Did you know you can find all these tips in, uh, in a brochure? You can download right here. Now let's move on to tip number two. So the call to action is really important. And it's very important to think about where you're going to put that in your video and what you're going to use visually. And that brings me to the shot list.
0: Yeah, real quick before we go to the shot list. What I love about what you're saying here is that you do not need to record this in one take. And a lot of people think that's how you're supposed to do it because while it's true in this podcast, this is one take, right? When you're on the news, it's one take, right? But not when you're watching a movie, it's definitely not one take. (laughs) Like if you've ever been in any kind of video set where they're actually filming something, they take tons of takes, Until they get it right, right? And I would imagine when you were going out and doing segments and stuff, you probably had a cameraman with you who was taking lots of different angles and takes and stuff, right? And that's the part a lot of people don't understand. They don't have to be perfect on the first go round. They can keep doing it over and over until they get it right, right?
1: Exactly, and no one knows how long it took you. No one knows if it took you 30 minutes to just get that 10 second thing right. No one knows because you won't show them. And that's the thing that, you know, once you understand that, you can just keep going. And it sometimes takes me maybe 15-20 minutes to get one little thing right. But no one will ever know because I'll just take off the first 10 or 15 minutes. So yes, that's really something a lot of people don't know. Uh, so they they always feel a lot of pressure and feel like they have to get it right and it has to be in one take. If you take away that pressure, from your recording while you're shooting video and, you know, you tell yourself or the person you're interviewing that, you know, you're just going to take your time and maybe you'll do this 10 times and it will be okay. That usually makes the whole process go a lot faster because there's not that much pressure anymore.
0: Absolutely. So you were going to say something about the shot list. Tell us about that.
1: So the second thing you need, right? So there's two things you need for every video. It's a, a a video plan, the content, and then there's the shot list and that's the visuals. And that's not super complicated. Your shot list is just a short list of visuals, anything that really should be in that video. So say you're going to an event, maybe next year we can go to events again. That would be great. Say you're creating a video on an event and you just want to make a quick impression. But there's certain things that will only happen at a certain moment, right? So it's really nice to have a little list ready. So when you're at the event, all you have to do is look at your list and just check them off as you go. And then when you're done, you know that you're done and you can just focus on your other job, right? So you're probably there for other reasons besides making a video.
0: Well, and let let me give people an idea of what this might be like if you go to an event. Right. So as you walk through the front door of the event, you have that first experience. You could have your camera on to kind of show the name of the event, right? As people are coming down the escalator or as they're crowding into a room, if you're going to be interviewing that speaker who's on that stage, you could just get a couple clips of the person up on the stage and not even worry about using the audio from that person. And that's the kind of stuff we're talking about when we talk about shot list. It's just stuff that can cover the voice, right? That kind of somehow adds to the story, right?
1: Yes. So what I always say is say dog, see dog. I actually learned this at UNT, the University of North Texas, where I studied. And one of the professors always said, say dog, see dog. So whenever you talk about a dog. Show a dog. It's not that complicated. But, you know, when you have something to tell and you have a you're creating a video, you need visuals. So whatever you're talking about in your video, show people. So if you're talking about a speaker, like you said, then, yeah, make sure that you have a couple of visuals of him or her on stage.
0: And they can be photographs, too. They don't have to be moving.
1: No. You know, you
0: you can do cool little zoom effects on photographs to kind of create a little bit of movement. It's very cool.
1: Yes, of course. Yes.
0: (laughs) Okay. So what about like apps? What do you recommend for filming?
1: So there are a ton of different apps and, you know, I, I test a lot of different apps. Okay. Let me give you a quick list, okay? Let's start off with Quick, actually, now that I said Quick. Q-U-I-K. So without a C, this is an app from GoPro. It's a free app, and it works on Android and iPhone. And this is a great app to quickly create videos. So it has a ton of different themes. And how this app works is when you have some pictures and some videos, say, from that event we just talked about, all you do is take it to this app, and this app just turns it into a great looking video with music, with text and everything. It's really cool. So that's one app you really can use for things like event videos, impressions, maybe even, you know, videos of a holiday. I use it almost daily.
0: So what does it do exactly? What's special about it?
1: Well, it's very fast. (laughs) All you do is you select a couple of videos and pictures. You put it in the app and then you push one button And a video just rolls out magically.
0: Oh, so it like decides where to put the different clips and stuff somehow is what you're saying?
1: Yes, it decides the order and how long and it also will edit it on the rhythm of the music. It will create some effects to it depending on the theme. So there's, I don't know, maybe 20 different types of themes. So some are really casual and some are a little bit more sleek but it's really a nice app especially if you've never created any videos before and you're just, you know, starting out and you want to make a quick impression of something then um quick is the way to go. Then there's the very opposite I guess of quick is Kinemaster or Adobe Rush. Adobe Premiere Rush, both are pretty similar and these apps are almost like professional editing apps on your phone. So they allow you to edit in different layers. And what that means is that you have video in video. So say you are creating that video of an event and maybe it's, you know, interviewing a couple of people and then you want to show the shots that we just talked about. Well, with KineMaster, for example, you can put those shots over the interview. So that's working in layers. Maybe you're familiar with Photoshop and you've worked in layers in Photoshop. Well, um, these apps work very similar. And iMovie, by the way, you can do the same. So any iPhone users, I highly recommend iMovie if you're just starting out.
0: Real quick on the one called KineMaster. Is it Cinemaster or is it KineMaster? Like, how do you spell that?
1: Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce this well, Mike, but it's K-I-N-E. Okay, good. I'm K-I-N-E. glad.
0: Yeah, you probably did pronounce it right. So it's K. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause, um, okay. And then Adobe Premiere Rush Gosh. is uh, part of the Adobe package, right? So if you have the Adobe Suite, then you have Rush or is Rush free whether you have the Adobe Suite or not? Do you know?
1: Well, it's interesting. It's free when it's an app. So it's free when you use it on your phone or tablet. But when you use Rush on your computer or laptop, then yes, you have to have Adobe Suite. So uh, maybe if your company already has it, then this is a great solution. And it's a lot easier and faster to understand than Adobe Premiere Pro.
0: It sounds like given the name Rush, when you're in a Rush, (laughs) right? It's probably a simple stripped down version of Premiere is what I'm guessing, right?
1: Yes, it's kind of similar to iMovie and there's already a lot of presets and a lot of graphics created for you, simple animations, music. So very simple to create some nice little intros and outros, for example, or add some titles. So all of that is already built in. So it makes it very fast.
0: See, and this is the part that scares a lot of people, which is the editing. They don't have access to an editor or they don't know how to do it themselves and what I'm hearing you say is these apps make it look as if you hired a professional editor, right?
1: Yes, it's amazing how in just the past couple of years this has changed. So when I was editing, and I've edited with almost everything with Avid, Adobe Premiere Pro, Final Cut Pro. But I now mainly edit on my phone with apps because <laughs> the apps just make it so simple. So there's an app called InShot and InShot allows you to change the canvas size. So if you create social videos, so say you want to create a quick little video for Instagram and you want to make it square and then you want also want to create a vertical version, InShot will let you, change the canvas in an instant. And if you want to then add some quick, you know, some text or some graphics, this is all built in and it's super simple to use. And it looks like you said, it looks like it was made by a professional, but you know, it's all just made easier by an app like InShot.
0: Real quick on InShot. Does it crop a 16 by 9 video to vertical for you automatically so you don't need to worry about filming in vertical video? Is that what I'm hearing yes, you say? In,
1: in a way it does. So if you're really filming 16 by 9 landscape mode, then yes, you know, you could theoretically upload it to InShot and then create a vertical video out of it. Of course, just use a, like a tiny bit of your video. Right. And you can also crop it as well. So you can make sure that it fits in the screen where you want it to be. So yes, it can crop the video to whatever size you want it to be.
0: What about Lighting. Talk to us a little bit about that because I know that's a huge part of video.
1: It is. It is. Okay. I'm just going to give you a quick little checklist. (laughs) Here's a checklist for if you're going to create videos, it's really short. Audio, light, framing. That's your checklist. Okay.
0: Well, actually, do you want to start with audio real quick then?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's start. Okay. So let's start with audio. So whenever you're creating a video, what I would really like to ask you is to be aware of the audio of the sounds around you. This is so important. Why? Because you cannot change it afterwards. And you know how important this is, Mike. Say you're doing a video outside and you're talking to, you know, you're filming something and right when you're saying something really important, a car passes by. Yeah,
0: or a truck honks its horn or an ambulance. Yeah. I mean, we've had that happen nonstop. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, okay. So if you are not wearing a microphone, then this can just really totally change the entire video because people won't be able to understand you anymore. So that's the thing about audio. It has to be done right when you're recording. So there's simple things that you can do. First of all, check, listen to your surroundings? Do you hear anything? Is there maybe a television on that you can turn off? Is there a window open that you can close? Is there an echo or a reverb in the room? Are there curtains? Is there carpet? You know, so just listen. And this really takes maybe five seconds, right? Whether to check and see if you could actually record here. Maybe you need to go to a different room. But that's step one. Of course, there's also a bunch of different microphones that you can use. If you don't have any microphones and no budget for microphones, you can always use your headset. So most headsets come with pretty decent microphones and just make sure you're out of the wind and you can record a pretty okay video with that. Uh, But then there's also microphones that you can plug in and are made for smartphones, like, for example, the Rode SmartLav Plus. It's one of my favorite microphones. There's also wireless microphones.
0: Yeah, that's the Smart smart SmartLav, right? Yes. A real quick tip to everybody, having done a lot of audio work. (laughs) Yes. We as humans, auto-filter out the audio around us and we're totally unaware of it when we're actually recording. So I strongly recommend you record a sample and listen back with headsets on because it's not till you listen back with headsets on that you realize, oh, mic was too far from my mouth. You know what I mean? And it didn't capture it. Or wow, there was this weird kind of sound from a fan that I didn't even realize was was on, right? And that stuff picks up in the microphone and gets kind of accentuated, but our ears filter it all out when we're just living life, you know? So that's why sampling it is super critical because you could do all this work and then the audio would be horrible and you'd be so disappointed, right?
1: Yes, oh my God, that is, it's such an important point and I'm so glad you mentioned it. I remember I did this interview with Shira Lazar She's a Canadian TV host, and she has been an inspiration to me. Anyway, so I was finally able to interview her once for the podcast I was just telling you about, and we had scheduled this for months, and she only had maybe 10 minutes of her time. And finally, you know, I was interviewing her, and everything went well. We had this great conversation, and after the interview, I was pretty pleased. The editor walks up to me, and he just has this... Redhead, He's like, I'm so sorry. The audio wasn't right. Something was off. Like it just kept going in and out.
0: That's the worst.
1: And we had nothing. We had nothing. So it's one of those things like you make mistakes, you know, when you're first starting off with video, you make mistakes and you learn from them and you never do it again. (laughs) And you always check your audio.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So let's talk about lighting.
1: Yes. Okay. So light is another thing that you can't change afterwards. So if you are overexposed and you know, you can't see your nose or your eyes well anymore, that's not something that you can change with a quick little filter. So you need to get the light right. Well, I could dive into this really deeply and talk to you about three point lighting, which is not something I'm going to do right now. My simplest tip is look for light sources. So look and see, check where's the light coming from. Walk through the room or the building you're in, stand in different places. Usually what works best is just stand in front of a window. Natural daylight usually works best and see if that works. You can tap your phone and manually change the lighting a little bit as well. A lot of people don't know this, but if you tap your screen, if you have an iPhone, a little sun will appear that you can move up or down. If you have Android, there's a light bulb that you can move. So you can change it manually as well. But this is really important because it's something you also can't redo.
0: A little tip on that is just put your phone in selfie mode, hold your arm up and move around and see how it looks. I mean, because it's crazy how you're right, like having a nice window with that natural lighting coming in, it fills in the shadows in your face and stuff like that. And it kind of makes all the difference, doesn't it?
1: It does. And it's funny because a lot of people on LinkedIn ask me, what kind of lights do you use? Uh, And I have a lot of lights, but I hardly ever use them. I usually just stand in front of a window. So I show them, I turn around like, it's just a window. (laughs) So yes, it's just, you know, checking it and knowing what works well. And it takes maybe... 10 20 seconds but it can make such a big difference because a light can make your video look so much more professional so do a quick audio check do a quick light check because you can't change those things and then you are in the right spot because you know your audio is okay you know the light is okay and then you can get the camera out which might be just your phone put your phone on eye level So make sure that the person who's watching is at the same level as you. I know we nowadays all create selfies really high up and, you know, that's great. But I think if you are creating a professional video, you really want to be at the same level. So you just want to make sure that the camera is at eye level.
0: So your eyes want to look right into the lens pretty much at a similar level. Is that the idea?
1: Yes. Just like in regular, real life, when you're talking to someone, you just want to be at the same level. So you want to do that in video as well. I'm glad you mentioned the lens because you really want to look into the camera lens. (laughs) And this is something a lot of people don't do, especially when filming in selfie mode, because it's your face right there, right? So I have a tip for that, and that is to put a post-it note or an envelope or maybe a piece of cloth, whatever you have, but put that over your face, over your screen, not over your camera, but over your own face.
0: Oh, I see. So you don't see yourself. Ah, okay, cool. Yes.
1: So you don't see yourself. Yeah. I do this a lot during trainings and this can really make such a big difference because people don't look at themselves anymore.
0: <laughs> you were going to say fr- something about framing too, I think, right? So how much of our Self should be in the frame of the picture.
1: Yes. All right. You might have heard of the rule of thirds, which is a pretty famous rule from photography where you're not in the middle of the picture, but a little bit on the side on one of the lines. But basically, all you need to remember, especially if you're creating social videos, is that most people will watch videos nowadays on Facebook phones on their mobile devices. So what I've done in the past couple of years is I've actually moved closer to my camera. And that's because the further away I am from my camera, the smaller I'll become on those already pretty small screens. So that would be one tip is to probably be a little bit closer than maybe you find comfortable. (laughs)
0: Like from your armpits up or something like that? Or is that that close or...
1: Yeah. I would say, yeah, it's, it's always good to see a little bit of shoulder. So, um, so you don't, it, you don't want it to be just your face, right. <laughs> but yes, a little bit of shoulder. Yeah. That's usually pretty good. Then look into the camera lens, make sure it's at eye level and don't forget to check your background. Mm. So make sure nothing is sticking out of your head. No plans. Is there anything, are there any people in the background? Is it distracting Or is the background actually adding to your message? Because you really want people to be focused on the person, whether that's you or someone you're interviewing. Um, You really want them to be focused on what you're saying and not be distracted by the background.
0: Well, Palpina, I could go on and on and on. This is so much fun. (laughs) Why don't you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and all the great things you've got going on?
1: Yes. Well, if you want to find out more about me, you just have to Google Pelpina or go to my website, pelpina.com. And that's P-E-L-P-I-N-A. And I've created a special website, of course, for you, for anyone listening right now. So that's pelpina.com slash S-M-E so if you go there we'll uh, we've put together a bunch of special discounts it kind of depends on the time of year you'll be visiting because I always have different courses running but if you visit there we have special discounts just for you
0: that's palpina.com slash S-M-E yes palpina trip thank you so much for coming on and sharing your awesome wisdom and insights with us
1: thank you so much for having me I had a blast
0: if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you because I know there's a lot of different things mentioned in today's podcast episode. Simply head over to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 438. Are you new to the show? Hit the subscribe button. Have you been a long time listener to the show? Let your friends know. I am at Stelzner on Instagram if you wanna mention me there. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored Podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.